streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. This is, uh, I think it's the 22nd, isn't it? Yes. 22nd of June. And we are preparing for Rekendo at Mount Bethel. There's a lot of people that are registering. We expect a good crowd. We invite you to come to Mount Bethel this coming July the 12th. Bishop Ricardo Pereira is coming from Cuba, being translated by Margarita Aboy. And also uh, with us will be Boyd Barley, uh, Dr. Jody Ray, pastor of Mount Bethel Church, uh, Jim, Jim Hood, which will preach the Thursday night service in the place of uh, Gene Thomas. We were praying for his recovery and his total healing in the name of Jesus. Gene Thomas and Amanda Lee are dear people to us. So I'm asking all of you to begin to pray for Gene Thomas. Gene Thomas needs our prayers right now, right now. Eugene Thomas, the, the, the pastor that does the communion on Thursday nights, rekindle, needs your prayer right now, right now. Elijah means God is Jehovah. And he comes in into the scene without an introduction. To study 17th chapter of 1 Kings, it says, Who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord of the God of Israel lives, whom I stand, with whom I stand, there shall not be due the rain in these years according to my word. And so this is the way that Elijah saw in punishing Israel for all that uh, they were doing. Just a little history of the background would help looking back and looking at the years. Uh, uh, he appeared in uh, 925 before Christ, all the tribes of Israel, except Judah and Benjamin, established the land of Israel. Sixty-five years later, Elijah comes to the scene against Ahab and his wife Jezebel. So the mother... The northern kingdom had not one king who honored God. In all the time of Israel, the northern kingdom had not one king who honored the Lord. And of course, Israel there lasts for 250 years. And so the southern border of Judah had kings who honored the Lord. It existed for 133 years before falling to the Babylonians at 588 before Christ. So, you're talking about 
588 before Christ, a thousand years before the coming of Jesus. Israel is beginning to be established by the 12 tribes coming out of Egypt. Egypt, And, uh, and of course, now we have Elijah beginning his ministry about, I'd say, 65 years after Israel began to take hold of the land. Coming out of Egypt, crossing the Jordan above Jericho, and of course, uh, what happened in, uh, with Israel and the destruction of the first temple. So, we got to look at this you know, from a perspective to understand the mind of the prophet in the mind of God. This is the Old Testament. Law versus grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Elijah had no idea of it. But the cross of Christ changed humanity in the way you approach the Lord with your sin. So the Lord shows man who is, but He does not give you power to change. The Lord gives you idea of who man is, but He does not give you power to change who you are. And that is why the cross is so important, critically important in the life of any church. If you don't understand the cross, you don't understand grace, and you begin performing life as if the good, better good you are, the better you get to heaven. Heaven is not given by how good you are, but by the unmerited favor of God to you personally. So, the word of grace, power of the Holy Spirit, need to go together. And of course, as you know, that RBM, Rick Muffin Ministries, have for 40, 50 years begun teaching this concept. And suddenly, we have a United Methodist Church who is now totally deceased, meaning it's not going to get anywhere because they have, uh, they have diminished the power of the cross to change the lives of people. And so, let's begin to take a look at, uh, at how Elijah came in the scene, how he began to move in the scene, how God began to use him, even though he did not have much understanding of the grace of God. So, the thing to go is to go First Kings chapter 17, verses 2 and 3. And I'll go to it. In the word of the Lord came unto him, Elijah, and said, Go you hence, and turn you eastward, and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, that is before the Jordan. That is before the Jordan. Now, Cherith means separation. Separation simply means, I want you to be by yourself, and be able to spend time with me, so I can get into your brain, and tell you exactly what you're going to do, and I need to minister to you the power of the Holy Spirit, and put, put in you into a situation where you will be able to do what I tell you to do. So, if you go to verse uh, 4, and it shall be. So look at, go you hence and turn, to, turn you eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, that is before the Jordan. Specific direction, specific order, nothing to run away from the call, but to be prepared to do it. 
A lot of people don't wait for the call and be prepared to do it. They consider the resistance as the end of their call. And the end of the call will not come because the gifts and the call is without repentance. Sin will not stop it. And so, it said, It shall be that you shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So notice, notice God showing His power by telling the birds to get roadkill and bring it to Elijah as he drinks from the brook. Bread and meat. Now, that shows you grace. Because grace is when you don't deserve it. It's unmerited favor. But God, throughout the Holy Spirit, put in the mouth of Elijah a taste of grace. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to give you water and bread and, 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 and meat so you can eat. So if you go into 17.7, it becomes more detailed. So verse 5, He went and did according unto the word of the Lord. That's the, that's the, the sign of victory, the sign of healing, the sign of miracle, in the smallest details possible. The reason why a miracle happens is not that you somehow have any power in you to do the miracle. But if you do according to what the Lord, and most of all, sometimes what the Lord asks you to do, it's not really that kind of interesting to do it. We have uh, personalities to be protected. We have uh, our, uh, our know-how to be protected. We are in the front of a lot of people, and they look at us as we are representing God. And so pride comes into where you can't do what God tells you. Because you like to please men much more than you like to please God. It's an amazing thing. A pastor from Texas this last week on television telling me that when, the, when salvation comes, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes at the same time, uh, which is totally unscriptural. Even Jesus got out of the water which is the baptism of repentance. He did not repent anything. And he stood outside of the water. And the doves came in a light upon him. The dove came in the, the person of the Holy Spirit. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's totally separate than salvation. And so, to do according to what the Lord says to do, it's not that thing. That's, that's simple. Because we want to feed our ego. We want to say to them exactly what uh, uh, they will be impressed by us. Before too long, the Holy Spirit is out of the door. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. That's, that's the boy. That's what makes Elijah Elijah. He went. He didn't back up and ask God, well, could we somehow find a better place? That's a muddy little creek. And as I told you, I, I, I prophesied there'll be no dew, no rain. And so I don't think that creek will have much water in the next... It lasts two years. God provided Elijah with water for two years. During a dry time in Israel when there was no rain. 
But the water of God, the anointing of God, the sustainance of God, the empowerment of God through the storm lasted two years. Listen to me. You that are trying to tell me that the economy of America and what Biden is doing about this and that is going to cause harm to the nation. Those who follow the Lord will not be touched. Those who follow the Lord will not be embarrassed. Those who follow the Lord will be blessed and strengthened and renewed and encouraged. The presence of God shines in the midst of the storm. For he went and dwelt there by the brook. Everybody's looking for water. Not Elijah. He's drinking sweet, cold water from the brook. That's a miracle. Now, and the ravens brought him bread. How can a raven find bread? It's just, they don't have a machine to make bread. They don't have, but the Lord commanded them to bring bread. So the problem is not how he got the bread. It's that the Lord commanded. It's just a perspective. If you're going to look at the life of Elijah, you can't somehow raise a question, or how could that be possible? Just go back a little back in verse 4. I have commanded the havens to feed you there. Feed you means bread and water, and roadkill, and fresh meat. How did the birds found Elijah? God commanded them. Can God tell a bird to do something? You know, we're in a time right now where there, there, there's a time in the life, there's a, there's a phone call here. In a... By the way, the call comes from Brazil. Somebody's listening to the program in Brazil, and they want to say something to me, so I'll take care of that later. Now, listen to me. God commended bread, Meat and water. So don't you ask a question on how he's going to pay your bills in your company this month. The Lord will take care because he told birds to do it. Now, you know, he could have brought a, a nice prophet on there, a minor young man, and say, Young man, I want you to bring every day at 12 o'clock. A very, very substantial amount of uh, pastries and a little bit of, uh, how do you say, uh, <laughs> bring in <laughs> some sweet dessert, piece of meat, well done, well done, well done. And, and, of course, a nice piece of bread, warm, with a good crust. He could have done that. But you see, to make the case simple is to separate because the cherith is the cherith brook is called is in the word there is separation it means cherith means separation so he's separating the prophet or the man of god for a time to be in the woods and not be bothered by anybody so why because god wanted to strengthen him so who can do that the birds can do that Bird can fly in the midst of a storm filled with all kinds of trees and bushes and find a little creek and find underneath the leaves the prophet Elijah. What is much easier for you to find somebody to bring the food or to get a bird to do it? You see, with the Lord, with the Lord is always find a bird to do it. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, the supernatural power of God can make a bird sing the national anthem. The supernatural power of God can transform a situation that is totally out of control to where it's not out of control anymore. So, now look at verse 6. And the ravens, now the word here is in plural. Ravens, meaning not just one raven, but several. I mean, you could see them flying around with the mouth holding peace. Now, do you know that ravens eat meat? But since God talked to them, they <laughs> they couldn't eat that meat. That meat was to be given to the prophet. When God provides my needs the way He does lately, it changes everything about who I am and what I'm going to do. Because He's ahead of me taking care of things that I have no idea how He's going to take care of. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you are sweating down there, just worried to death about down there, that how we're going to do this. If God can tell a bird to do it, you should be strengthened today. That He is He's providing you in a, in a much better way, like like a, like sending you a check so you can go to uh, to Publix. Okay, now Walmart is my place. Okay, where right now? Now let's take a look at this. And the ravens brought him bread and fresh bread and flesh in the morning. So the breakfast was bread and flesh in the morning. Bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank in the brook. So he provided him for two meals. It's right, it's right here. In the morning. Bread and flesh in the morning. Bread and flesh in the evening. Two, two times. That could have been... Now I don't know, I don't know if, if you... Taking a look at this, but a bird passes by the, the top of Elijah. He grabs a piece of meat, puts it down. The other one comes in. He grabs a piece of bread and put it down, and then he eats the bread. Now, how much meat? Well, Elijah was a prophet that was filled with the power of God, little understanding of the of grace in the in the cross. But when Jezebel promised to kill him, he ran for 500 miles. So the amount of meat he got from the ravens must have been a large amount. He was prepared after the healing of the widow of Zarephath's son. He heard the, the foot, foot tapping of the soldiers that served Jezebel. He begins running to Jezreel. Just run away, 500 miles running, and God found him in a cave somewhere, hiding and scared to death. But he got, God fed him. He knew he would have to run. So, now, let me read this to you. And he drunk from the brook to deny that God did by using ravens or birds is to deny that God has, has not total control of nature as it is. 
Nine of the miracles in the New Testament has to do with miracles related to nature. God quieted down the seas. God fed 5,000, 4,000 people with, with very little food. God is able to do in nature miracles that are awesome just to let you know that He's going to provide for you all the days of your life. As long as you live, He will be your provider. It came to pass after a while. Another, another clockwork. You see, it came to pass after a while simply means that what really happened on verse 2 to verse 7 took a amount of time, took an amount of time. You don't know how long, but we figured about two years. Two years. And it came to pass after a while, meaning it took time, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. We don't know how long, the Bible doesn't say how long, but, but to dry a brook due to a, a, having no rain must have taken at least two years. Now, so we need to know that 17.7 is an experience of provision. After a while, the brook dried up. The drying of the brook when we are ready to move. Meaning, if it dried, it simply means the water is going to come from somewhere else and we have to move where the water is. In other words, when you are ministering and the power of the Holy Spirit of God changes your direction in personal ministry, you remain in ministry. You don't run from ministry. You remain in the ministry. And you take care of what the Lord had told you to do. So number two, he began to experience misery of no rain. Elijah began to feel like somehow I need to move out of here. There's something going on. Philip in John 14, 8 or 9 said, Lord, show us the Father. Jesus answered, have I been with you so long with you and yet you have not known, known me, Philip. You have not known me. You have not understand who I am. Meaning that we have to know the mind of God as to what He wants to accomplish in our lives according to the clock. The clock underneath this scripture is essential. Uh, uh, on verse 7. And, uh, and uh, it's all over First Kings. I haven't counted how many times in the life of Elijah the clock runs. But it simply means God is in a hurry. He didn't call you to sit down and do literally nothing about something. He called you to move in power, in renewal, in strength, in the, God, in the air that God gave you, instead of somehow being dead and morbid. And so, what am I going to do today? I have a list of eight, nine things i got to do, and I don't have no desire to do nothing else. At, at 4 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, I'm heading to Atlanta with Andy Hines, I'll preach tonight. I'll meet, 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 meet my meetings down there with leaders. And I'll continue to do what God called me to do. 
Amen? All right. Okay, so let's, uh, let's stop a little bit and go to verse 8. It's 17th of 1 Kings, chapter 17, 1 Kings, verse 8. Now, this next story in the life of Elijah has to be looked at it in relationship to where he has been. You don't see this scripture that's coming up as something isolated. You have to put the first experience at the Kerith Ravine along with what's going to happen at the widow of Zarephath. The two need to go together. Let's take a look. In the word the Lord came unto me saying, let's stop. If you ask me a question, does the Lord call the shots of everything thing that you have to do every single day? Yes. He tells you every single hour what to do, how to get up and do this and do that. Yes. How do you know that He's talking to you? Because I sense His voice, His presence, and I know that uh, you know He helps you to organize the day. I have to gas the truck. We leave at 3 o'clock p.m. this afternoon. I have to eat a small lunch. I have to get my scriptures ready to go to Atlanta. I have to uh, announce that Susan Shoebridge is our praise leader beginning the 20th of, uh, of July and the 27th of July. She will be praising and doing praise and worship. And there's 30 or 40 people from the church coming to Bible study. So that's my job. God already told me what I'm going to do when I get to Atlanta. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get all the details. And you're still, perhaps I have a little time to take a little nap on the couch. Amen. And thank Him for all the things He has done. That's how you live. So here is the word the Lord came unto him saying, Go, arise. Arise means He's laying down down there on the Christ Ravine. No water. Arise. Get you to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon. So he's telling you, get on Highway 45, turn left to Highway 53, turn right on Highway 65, it'll be on the right side, a little bit away, it's right there close to Sidon. Just ask where it is, it's right there. He's not telling him to go and not give him direction. Now it says, it dwell there, meaning that there's a place for him to stay. Behold, I have commended it. Oh, my gosh, Almighty, again. He talked to birds. Now he's going to talk to people. I commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. By the way, she was a Gentile. And as we shall see, she was poverty stricken. Jesus mentioned this incident in Luke 4, 25, 26. If you want to check. Amen. So he arose. How can you deny the direction of the Lord in your life? Because you see, when you are under, under, under the law of sin and death, you live a condemned life. Your sin is before you constantly. And you're not able to forgive or forget. But when you are in the grace, you overcome. And suddenly, instead of worrying about Jezebel coming to get him, 
He is at peace in his heart. And God told him, As I commanded a bird to do to you what I told you to do, I'm going to command a widow. And what the widow is going to do is to sustain you. But God knew that this is a very poor, poverty-stricken widow, Gentile woman. Now, (laughs) it's like the Lord gets up, takes water out of the rock. He's presenting Elijah on how to live by faith. So he arose and went to Zarephath. I had no no way to, to change that. He had to go. What do, you, what do you think you should do? Question God? I, I've been here. He, he, birds provided water and bread morning and evening. If God is doing that to you, why are you so concerned about the national economy? You're far away from the Lord when you think of that one way. She arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, the place of business, Behold, the weird woman was there gathering of sticks. See, she gathered the sticks at the right time when the prophet began to show. That's the hand of God. He puts one and two and two together. It took time to arrive there. It took time for the widow to leave her little house and come in to get some sticks at the right time. And he called her. And said, fetch me, I pray, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Ah, Lord, thank you, Father. That water now is not being provided by the Cherith River ravine, but it's being provided by the hand of God. I thank you, Lord, that all the goodness, the kindness, the gentleness, the tenderness, you command it to happen before your very eyes. And I speak to all my brothers and sisters who are listening to me this morning. You need to stop worrying about tomorrow. God has a plan. God healed Gene Thomas, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God healed Gene Thomas, God, in the name of Jesus. Healed Gene Thomas in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Almighty God, Lord. Provide water for him. Em Jesus name. Amen. Brilha em mim, brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver.